Hello, and welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we discuss an often forgotten installment in a franchise, and see if you should check it out for yourself. This is a lot faster than usual. I'm one of your hosts, Corey, and with me, I've got Liam. In the words of Andy's first grade school assignment, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> That's what you went with. <laughs> um, it was a hard and, decision. <laughs> and Mitch. Get lost, microchip. I can't believe that's what that's you guys a good went one with. Too. Can I, can I yeah, say mine? Yeah, what would you have done? You've seen dolls that pee? This one bleeds. I got that's a, uh, that's a good one. Andy, don't forget your lunch. It's egg salad. That's nice. And I'll give you one more. Uh, this is for my friend Dolan. I don't think he listens to the podcast, but he'll know this one. And it, it, it'll take, it'll take uh, maybe 10 seconds or so. So let me. Please, let me out of here, Andy. It's dark in here. I promise I won't kill anyone else, okay? No, open the goddamn door, you little dick! <laughs> it's very good. My stomach hurts. Max, is this what you call good news? Um, <laughs> that's completely the wrong delivery, but you know what I mean. So, uh, we got some... We got some angry doll humor coming up, I think. I've watched a child's play film now for the very first time and liam that was up to you so yeah uh i'd like to i guess we have a new segment on this show now effectively which is asking the person who picked the movie why did you pick this movie so liam why did we watch child's play 2 uh cool i like this segment okay we need a we need a little theme for the segment oh yeah we um, need a drop we'll sort it out why did you pick this movie Why'd you do it? Or, or, or <laughs> Why? Like a, a good cop, bad cop. <laughs> oh, yeah. look, all we're wondering is if you tell us why we watched this movie, we could let you go. <laughs> like, all we're doing is that we can plea bargain. If you give me something, just let me know. Tell us why you picked the movie, you little dick. <laughs> okay. So I... Honestly, the main reason I picked this movie, um, well, I pick, I'll start, I picked this franchise just because we haven't done it yet, and it's like, it's a big horror franchise. There are a whole lot of sequels in it. Um, I'm really interested to, like, hear your guys' thoughts on it. Um, um, I picked it because I really, really like it, and this, this series actually has quite a history with me. Should I get into that now, Corey? Let's do it. Okay, so... The Child's Play series, the way this works for me, um, is very different than than what I've talked about with any other horror franchise. This is is very uh, Child's Play is very unique to my life. So the way that this works is my experience with Child Play. Two thousand four, Seed of Chucky comes out. This was the last theatrically released Child's Play movie, um, and the Child's Play movie. Uh, movie franchise they started calling themselves x of chucky but it's it's all the same series made by the same people um so seed of chucky is the fifth movie in the franchise it came out in 2004 at that point i was about seven years old or something and it goes to theaters and then it goes it comes out on pay-per-view you guys remember pay-per-view yeah we can say that now because the wwe isn't using it anymore (laughs) Yes, yeah, we're fine. <laughs> and the Fine Brothers, they weren't able to copyright it, so yeah. we're good. It did not um, come out as a premium live event, so we're allowed to say this. Yeah. So uh, after it does its theatrical run, and I think it came out in late 2004, maybe like November. So in early 2005, it it comes to pay per view, and I don't. I think the only thing I had heard about 
child's play at that point was my older brother he's about three years older than me he had this really cool uh uh woman friend she wasn't a grown woman she would have been you know 11 years old or something but she was like really into Marilyn Manson and Papa Roach and she played guitar and and sang and I had a huge crush on her and um and she really loved the child's play movies she was and I knew that about her and I other than that I didn't know what child's play was but I knew it was something that this like cool alternative fascinating girl liked and um (laughs) and so I was like that's sick and so Seed of Chucky comes out and my family, dude, we decide, I don't know who suggested it, um, but I, I was into horror at the time. Like, like, like I've said on the show before, I saw Carrie, an American werewolf in London, probably a, a couple of years before that. And so um, I was I was all into horror. And so and I guess my seven in this story. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so I tell you what, I think my parents, they just got too cocky and they were like, seed of Chucky, no worries at all. And um, it's a doll. What could it possibly do? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And uh, I just, I just remembered that I actually had a bit more of an experience with Chucky before this. Bride of Chucky, which came out right bef- uh, uh, about six years before Seed of Chucky, it was playing on cable one night, probably in two thousand four or two thousand five. But before we had watched uh, Seed of Chucky. I don't know, someone put it on like halfway through and I saw a really gnarly scene where a glass ceiling breaks and falls on a couple and then Chucky and and woman Chucky, his wife, um, they like have doll sex and I watched the glass fall from the ceiling and I that image really stuck with me. It didn't scare me, but it stuck with me. And then when the doll sex happened, my mom did the old method that we did back in the, the day where you would hit guide once with the cable <laughs> remote and it would make the guide pop up transparently so the words would show up, but you would still see the screen behind it. And then you press guide again and it fills in the guide with a hard color. Yeah. And so now you can only see like just the, the border of the screen, but the audio is still playing. And so that's what we would do when we had to like censor the visuals, but you know, you don't want to turn the movie off entirely. So I remember my mom doing that when the doll sex was happening. And then I don't think we we watched the entire movie. It, it got turned off. So that's that was what I knew about Chucky. It was like an adult movie, but I was interested in it. And so I guess that was enough for me and enough for my parents. So we purchased um, Seed of Chucky on pay-per-view. And uh, fair enough, we had had a great track record with pay-per-view that year. Mean Girls had just came out, and I had made my parents order mean girls not even joking probably like 15 times my parents probably <laughs> had to like take out a new mortgage because i made them rent mean girls so many times on pay-per-view um so Steve chucky is out and they're like cool this will be the next favorite movie for my child and we put it on dude and the movie starts and um i'm glued to the screen the entire time and i don't quite remember being scared of the movie as it was happening i just watched it and i i think i laughed at some parts and i just enjoyed the movie um and then that night i go to sleep and i close my eyes and all i can think about is chucky's scarred disgusting face which he doesn't have in child's play too but you guys probably know the image he he later goes on to be a scarred doll and so i I could just see that face in my head and then all the scenes in seed of chucky and there that movie goes to some wild places they just start replaying in my head and i'm seven years old so 
I don't quite have the knowledge of like this is referencing other movies or this is like being facetious. It's 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 a really dark comedy. Seed of Chucky is, and I know that now. But so much of that is lost on seven year old me, and so um, even the things that are supposed to be funny in the movie, they're just like re- really unsettling and off putting. Um, there's like a a gender fluid child. That's what the movie is about, and he. Uh, they i suppose just has a really strange character design and then there's some gnarly deaths and the movie was shot in i think romania but it's supposed to be la so it has what, they got one... a lot of tax breaks over there oh my god i guess so <laughs> and so the whole movie just has this really weird feel to it it was like un- unlike anything i'd ever seen and so that night started probably the certainly the worst summer of my life and um traumatized me deeply Uh, and i say that um sincerely traumatized me for the next oh my gosh maybe five six years of my life so what happened from that point on is anytime i thought of chucky you know, like I thought of the word, I would see his face in my head and I would be terrified. I would just start bawling. And I, w- I was old enough to not be afraid that Chucky was going to come get me. I wasn't scared that like the movie was real and he was going to kill me. But it was just the image was so disturbing to me. Just having that thought, it was like I've seen something that now I can't unsee and I have mm-hmm. to live with this. And it was terrible. I would I would have to call my dad um, when he was at work and I, and I was home during the summer because um, I, I distinctly remember not having to go to school when this happened. So we must have done pay-per-view in the summer. And I would call my dad and he was at work and I would just I would be bawling and I would be saying, Dad, I'm thinking about it again. And he would he would just have to like try to talk me through a panic attack at seven years old. And one night, I think it was actually the night we watched the, the movie um, and I couldn't sleep. I, I knew that I was kind kind of pooched and so i went out to the living room and put in the vhs tape of the spongebob squarepants movie because that's that was my favorite thing at the time spongebob tried to cheer myself up watched the whole thing and then still couldn't sleep and from that point on i had now made the association of spongebob my favorite thing with the time i tried to keep chucky away so now i couldn't think of spongebob because it made me think of chucky and and so we had to hide all the spongebob tapes in my house because they would trigger me And um, I remember using my dial up internet to like play around on IMDb because I had just discovered it. And somehow I got from uh, like a totally innocent page to uh, Jennifer Tilly's page, who is an actress in the Chucky series. And I saw her role that she was in Chucky. And then like I was pooched in that way. And so um, that whole summer was a terrible point in my life. And then I got to the point where like I wanted to watch the movie again to try to get over it. And I thought I had come to terms with it. But but still, when I would go to sleep at night uh, and I would think of Chucky, I'd be like, oh, man, I guess I'm going to be up all night because I have this in my head. And so so even though I loved horror movies, I had to like vow to like avoid Chucky in, in any sense I could not look it up on the Internet, not try to watch it on cable. Um, and uh it probably lasted until I was in like the seventh or eighth grade was when I would regularly go to sleep and be like, oh, this is cool. I haven't thought of Chucky in like a few days. And now I'm thinking about it and like it's kind of making me uneasy, but it's fine. And eventually I grew out of it. Um, I watched 
Child's Play 1 for the first time ever on TV, probably in like the 10th grade or something, and I was totally fine. Um, And then I watched a number of the movies with a friend a few years ago, and then I bought the Chucky collection last year um, and went through all of them up until the most recent ones that have been coming out, and I followed along with the Chucky TV series this summer. And so um, none of that still remains with with me anymore but it is like my first experience with like trauma and like how your mind can attack you and uh yeah um, i will always have chucky to thank for thank for that and so that's what chucky means to me and then i picked child's play too because i wanted to hear your guys thoughts on uh the child's play series we can't watch the original i thought about picking the the newest remake um which is separate from the rest of the series um and i am very excited to talk about that with you guys at some point but i thought it would be most fair that if you're only gonna watch uh the child's play movies that we do for the podcast i might as well have you watch the earliest one you can in the original series and then i can get your thoughts on the remake later once you kind of have that context so that's why i picked the second one i gotta say i love that you had what in my head is the quintessential chucky child experience uh which is uh functionally being horrified of it and hating it um i feel like that was the baseline i mean you know as you explained obviously it's not like one to one but the bottom line is the imagery was very upsetting and i think um for a lot of people, even if you were just like in a movie gallery or a blockbuster or whatever and just kind of seeing it there, I feel like most children were very off put by that and uh, to varying degrees. But it's cool in a way hearing that you had such a such a like a consistent version of that like stereotype experience in a way of just being like there's the thing that clearly a kid would not particularly enjoy having the knowledge of and then you got the knowledge of it and then you were like yep don't like this i I like that trajectory of it yeah yeah and it's one of the few times i i would say that movie and a french extreme horror movie called uh high tension that also came out that year um did you watch that when you were seven i i probably would have been a little older eight or nine (laughs) it was on tv and and that was also something where like i went to bed afterwards and i was like yeah i don't like thinking about this it didn't stick with me as long that one because i had already uh uh gone through the chucky thing and so i guess i had i had grown a bit mentally and was able to handle it a bit more but it still hit me and so when people ask you like what what horror movie scared you as a child those are really the only two i can say other than that most horror movies i watch them and i can get scared in the moment but none of them have ever uh stuck with me in in such a way uh, those are the those are the two heavy hitters and it is kind of an honor that one of them was chucky the the childhood boogeyman you know i, re- I do remember going to the video store afterwards and um they even kept a seat of chucky poster up in the video store for a good while after it came out and so i would see it and i was like nope uh did 360 degrees and moonwalked out of there and then i i would all i would <laughs> wait, like wait wait why would you <laughs> Like, I, you want to leave so you're gonna spin around so you're still looking at it and then move on. <laughs> so you have to look at it the whole time as you leave 
I'm going to sit 360 degrees, keep staring at it, and walk as slowly as the slowest method of transportation out of this building. No, my moonwalk was quick. And also, it was just, it was the way to own the situation. You know, I'm still, this is my decision, Chuck. This is how you have agency in this situation is you're like, I'm deciding to dance right now, and it's happening to send me out of the building. But uh, hey, I know enough about me. First, I want to know: Do you guys have anything like that in your childhood where it just it just hit you and you were uh, frightened? Man, I here's the thing: I definitely do. But this is the part where like my memory just lets me down. Um, because I can't think of. I've been racking my brain as you were talking. Like, do I have anything that can compare to this? And I definitely had um you know like nightmares and stuff that i would assume are based on horror movies but now that i'm sitting here thinking about it i don't really know i i i would assume that i did not particularly enjoy the chucky imagery and at the same time i do feel like it was kind of a meme for lack of a better word when we were kids to hate it i am was absolutely terrified of chucky when i was a kid very similar to you um I I don't know which one it was that I saw, but I saw like part of one at like a sleepover and was like fucking horrified. Um, this one and Nightmare on Elm Street scared me like the one where the guy gets sucked into the bed. That kill scared scared me for some. Reason. Yeah, it's the like, first one. Terrified the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, but Chucky. Um, I'm not sure which one I saw, but I was like horrified of it. I can remember like seeing it in the in the video store. I can remember kids in the schoolyard like bragging about having seen it and uh sort of describing the plot to like all the other kids in the schoolyard and everybody was like very concerned and very scared i can remember um our school went on a field trip um out of to town. romania no no might as well have gone to romania because it's we're going to a very i'll let you know anyway so we we go to like to this village and it's and uh uh, is it where they shot the village? <laughs> no, no, it was like a historical village, like a heritage village that that like with like an old player piano that you play with like the a pedal and there was like barns and, and sheep. And you're churning and, butter and shit. Yeah. And yeah. then there was this old white house with a picket fence around it. And uh you go and it had to be from like the late 19th century. And uh in the top room in one of the children's rooms there was this doll and then the the person who was the guide there told our class this story about how this doll in the house like reportedly would move and that like the girl who owned it died very young of like typhoid or something and that the the doll would like move around the house and had like a bad spirit or a bad presence and like it was just like local folklore um but that scared the shit out of me. And that was like right during the time of like the Chucky terror. So uh, like and when I was quite young, like the idea of like killer dolls or like haunted dolls really scared the shit out of me. And especially because I have I have three sisters, too. So there were always there were lots of dolls around my house. And uh, yeah, just the idea of dolls moving really freaked the hell out of me. Yeah, I don't I don't think I liked that either, but I'm trying to think. I'm thinking about the two um, recurring nightmares that I had when I was a kid. I'm not going to recount them here, but I am realizing that 
you could definitely make an argument that one of them does just sort of seem like a, a bit of a saw situation. However, I don't know if or to what extent I would have seen a saw movie as a child, so I don't know if that's why. But some of it definitely tracks with that. I think my main thing overall and the reason why maybe I didn't have a ton of exposure to that at the time, why like my memory does feel like it's letting me down somewhat, is I was um I was scared enough of horror conceptually to just not get involved. Like I was not somebody who was seeking that out or like heard, oh yeah, this thing scares you on purpose. And I thought like, oh, that's fun. I'd be like, oh, that sounds terrible. I'm not going to do that. Obviously things have changed since then, but yeah, I had, I had a change too, where I, I can kind of relate to that, where I wasn't like really wanting to seek it out, but like, I would like find myself in situations where it was like being watched and we were all too young for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like for better or worse, any of the movies I saw too young were probably just like the dramas that maybe just had like some adult content in there. Yeah. Uh, and then like you violence. see it as a kid and you're like, well, huh, okay. And then you just kind of leave it alone. Yeah. Is that an underwhelming answer, Liam? <laughs> no, it's it's not underwhelming. I mean, if you didn't have something that like straight up like mentally scarred you for years like I did, then like it, it would be I'm tough to remember. It. And this, may, maybe. When I was a kid, I got this pop-up book that like scared the shit out of me. I don't know how old I would have been. I was in like chapters, right? And I really wanted to get it and I got it. And it like that's good. I, I probably would have been like like five five or six. And uh like one of the images was like this like creature like mopping up mopping a kitchen floor, but he was mopping it with like blood. And just like that image like scared the shit this out of me. This was a pop up book for a yeah, child? Yeah. And uh it scared the shit out of me. And I remember like my parents just like took the book and i think they, they they like threw it away or something because i was like scared about from it and um what they didn't just chuck it down the stairs into the basement and leave it sprawled yeah, down on the floor for you to come back yeah, to later they, they didn't like they weren't supportful supportive and just like you know <laughs> like no they were supportive and they got rid of it unlike the pricks <laughs> in this fucking movie it's just a book <laughs> yeah. mitch don't be such a little wuss what do yeah. you not know how to fucking read <laughs> yeah it's Chucky. It's Chucky. No, it's not, you fucking idiot. And then, like, repeat it, like, three times. <laughs> and or ten times, and you've got the movie. Spoilers. Yeah. For this, I will say, Liam, also, uh, as you spoke about Seed of Chucky, a movie we may well do in the future, I've I, uh, I, I've been reading about it here in the background. Seems to think there's a lot. I can't believe that this movie came out in, like, 2004. Yeah, do you... That's crazy tell me what you mean by that because i think i do but um i mean on the one hand just that like the core element of the film seems to be a conflict over parenting a non-binary child which feels pretty pretty feels sharp pretty, end of the spear the times when it comes to being ahead of the curve on that uh i, I it does i don't know it doesn't really read in this particular article like it sticks the landing uh but that's just kind of a fascinating thing to be the crux of your like late franchise horror movie from the mid to early to mid two thousands. Yeah, that's true. Um, it I think it actually is a, a pretty progressive movie. Um, thematically, it was 
that was the first time that the creator of the the child's play idea he's credited as a co-writer on the first child's play and then he is a writer on um every other child's play and then come seed of chucky it's the first time he could direct he went from being just out of college when child's play happened to now he's he's in uh he's an adult and he's been doing child's play for uh over 10 years now he he got put in the director seat and he's a gay man so he um he was really interested in in just putting all that stuff in there uh a lot of john waters influence as well and i i really do think that if i had seen a different child's play movie in full it wouldn't have affected me the way it did because I had seen a lot of movies with death and killing prior to watching Seed of Chucky. And like I said, watching uh, Chucky scarred up and killing people with uh, the glass ceiling in Bride of Chucky didn't get to me the way that Seed of Chucky did. But Seed of Chucky is just, it actually is dealing with like some things that are, uh, they're, um, like atypical sexually and then there's like uh hollywood commentary in there and um it is it's just really really strange and so all that stuff just like i didn't understand it as a kid and so it really got to me well it's cool just to think that a movie dealing with that probably would have got like a decent studio push because it's like a franchise that probably they banked to make some money which is why they made like 16 of them you know like that's just kind of interesting. Yeah, also, yeah. Uh, apparently, John Waters is in the movie. Yeah, yeah, he is. He plays <laughs> like uh, he gets murdered in the movie. He's uh, yeah, it's it's he's he's got a cool part in it. Um, and yeah. yeah, it is really cool that they just gave the dude creative control. He went really weird with it. Unfortunately, I would say, um, it didn't pay off. I I know he's still proud of the movie, but it didn't pay off like financially all that well. Like the, the movies uh, then stopped for about 10 years. And when they came back, they were direct to video and they still have yet to return to wide theatrical. And it's also commonly ranked at the bottom of everyone's child's play rankings. So uh, um, a lot of people say it was a bad decision. Um, I really respect it, and and yeah, we can probably talk about the movie in full at some point, so I'll stop there. But it is very interesting, very interesting movie, very interesting to be your first Child's Play movie, I think. To segue us into uh, Child's Play 2 here, we can do some cast and crew talk, because fellas, we got some interesting connections going on. I have a lot written down. We'll see how... I'll I'll try to keep the pace brisk so we can get to the movie, but... I'm um, excited. So uh, it's directed by John Lafia, who directed some episodes of Freddy's Nightmares, another thing that we have to get to on the show sometime, um, and was a co-writer on the first movie and also was in the art department for Repo Man. Just an interesting credit. Cool. Uh, written by uh, Don Mancini. Is it Mancini yeah, or Mancini? I, I think it's Mancini. Okay, Mancini, who obviously... Uh, all of the child's play and Chucky stuff for the most part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's um, the guy. The editing is by Edward uh, Warshilka. Sorry, Edward, if I got that wrong. Um, he worked on child's play one, two, and three, but also um, everybody strap in for these next couple, okay? He also edited Harold and Maud. Okay. Rambo 3. A Sidney Lamette movie from the 70s also called Child's Play. Whoa. 
and Mitch, The Last of Sheila. I actually just watched that movie again for the second time. <laughs> that movie's fucking awesome. Also, he he did Child's Play, Sidney Lumet version, and Last of Sheila like back to back. Yeah, they'd be around the same time. I can't believe this person has edited two different movies called Child's Play. Damn. Right? Damn. They were 15, 16 years apart. That is wild. And I know that Child's Play went and through... And they edited 16 Candles. I didn't even notice that. Hey. Um, the original Child's Play, the Chucky Child's Play, I mean, went through a few names before settling on Child's Play. So I bet when he was signed on to work, he didn't even know. It wasn't like, yo, I'm going to do two movies called Child's Play yeah. for the memes. So he yeah. was probably like, what? Yeah, also, the, the original Child's Play, or like the 1972 Lumet, James Mason. Yeah. I was, about to tell, I was about to mention it was J- James Mason. Yeah. Um, so that's a fun uh, catch up there. Um, the cinematography is by uh, Stefan uh, Zapsky. Uh, again, I might have said that wrong and I'm sorry. Uh, who shot Ed Wood, Matilda, Bulletproof oh. Monk, and The Thin Blue Line. Damn. That's some good stuff, dude. Matilda, I wish Matilda had a sequel or something so we could talk about Matilda. That's a heavy hitter right there. We could maybe do a bonus episode because I got to level with you. As a kid, I fucking hated that movie. Like like the Thin Blue Line, like Errol Morris? Yeah. Damn. Mitch. But also, yeah, Matilda was just not my bag. But so many people love it. I wonder if I was just wrong or if that's just how I feel about it. And I have no idea because it's been... I don't know, like 15 years probably <laughs> since I've watched it. So, At the very least, Corey, if you just want to watch it with me, and then if we right. feel compelled to do a mini-sode, because I would be very interested to hear your thoughts, because to me, it seems like a movie you would love. That's the thing. and But the only thing I think about when I hear that movie is I, I picture that kid being forced to eat that cake, and I just feel bad and kind of grossed out, and I just, I just stop thinking about it. <laughs> I, I, I wish that's forgot. how I could have been with Chucky. I fully forgot that like Danny DeVito was even in that. Never mind that he fucking directed it. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is a wild movie, and it feels like the sort of movie we would talk about on the show. But it's just it's an original, so what can you do? Yeah. We got a lot more uh, connections to go here because I've got a lot from the cast too. But we've got Graham Revel doing the music. He did uh, this was a name that I thought we had seen before, but it's not. But he did the Crow Riddick. The Adventures of Sharkboy and Lava Girl, Freddy vs. Jason, and From Dusk Till Dawn. That's Again, some good just stuff. another wild crop of things. Yeah. So yeah. to get into the cast now, we've got Alex Vincent, who plays Andy. Um, he He's most known for playing Andy. I know he reprised his role for the TV show I read. So That's he's kicking around. Yeah. Um, we've got Brad Dourif as the voice of Chucky. We've seen him before. Um, Exorcist, Exorcist 3. Three. Yeah. Uh, but also, I've got this might be my favorite list of credits on this list that I have because uh, he was also in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Dune, nineteen eighty four version, The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, WWE Monday Night Raw is Chucky, literally in the year two thousand twenty one, Rob Zombie Halloween one and two, and also WCW Thunder as Chucky in nineteen ninety eight. Yes, that is two different wrestling shows from two different promotions Dude, how have 20, i not like, seen either of those like 25 appearances years apart. there was one literally last year like 2021 brad chucky's still relevant brad Dorf's wikipedia picture kind of looks like chucky well i mean for sure chucky, he, so, yeah i mean honestly <laughs> it's, it's true 
it is it's very true and then dude he's so interesting to me um his his daughter has now become one of the main characters in the chucky franchise she was the lead um when they uh, soft rebooted the chucky franchise in 2014 but it's ac- it is a sequel to all the other movies she played the lead and now in the tv series she's playing multiple characters she's playing young um charles lee ray which charles lee ray is the killer young that the murderer yeah yeah so, so she is playing her dad in the 80s and they just put some makeup on her and she's That's doing awesome. her dad's uh no no they they dub her voice in but in some other points she also just has to sort of talk like him because she's being uh possessed by him but she, but she's not him it's just it's really really the cool doesn't care about gender at all and i respect the fucking hell out of that it's sick yeah yeah <laughs> brad dorf is a legend he's also in stuff like graveyard shift he's in urban legend i've never seen him in a movie where he's not killing it, it he is he is incredible ha- rob zombies halloween like, and halloween say, you too. like the rob zombie halloweens so. oh yeah love him so he's um, he's he's always a treat and i love that he has been in every chucky movie besides uh the straight up remake that came out a couple years ago where they redid everything with new people he is he is stuck as chucky all the way through tv series direct to video and that's that's why i really love the chucky franchise doesn't seem like he's too good for anything he's like yeah but like he should but he should be though because he is like so good in everything he's like yeah i'll do the lord of the rings and like one food with the cuckoo's nest and also monday night raw (laughs) like i don't fucking care (laughs) yeah it it is i I also respect that um ed gale is the in-suit performer for chucky like the physicality of chucky um i will be honest it didn't cross my mind right away that obviously it wouldn't be an animatronic because like how would you do that (laughs) so i guess it would make sense that this is how they do a lot of the movement um yeah but but even then like so much of what you think of when you think of chucky is like his his facial expressions and like the stuff that is animatronic so it's true but but when they do have those shots where it's a it's a person in a costume and like chucky takes on this human quality it's some of the scariest stuff in the movies so i think it's a really wise decision to to combine them and then I'll try to power through the rest of these here, but there's some cool stuff. We've got Christina Lee as Kyle, who uh, played a character on Beverly Hills 90210 and then played herself on a reboot of Beverly Hills 90210, where they like did a reboot where it was about bringing back a popular show with the cast of that show, but they're all just playing alternate version reality, alternate reality versions of themselves. Which feels like a really weird concept for your Beverly Hills 90210 reboot, but honestly, I I, I support it. Yeah, I would like be n- curious, kind of see... new nightmare vibes or something. See yeah. the Chucky vibes, honestly. Honestly, I would be curious to see like if people liked that because that's like very specific and weird. Um, and also, uh, she was on ER uh, in a movie called The Thin Pink Line. You guys heard of this? Oh no, is that softcore? <laughs> no, The Thin Pink Line is like a mockumentary in the style i would assume of the thin blue line i'm kind of guessing but apparently it is just like chalk to the fucking brim with like cameos from famous people uh Mm. like i'm trying to see if i can find a list but the list is really long so i don't know how helpful it would be but i was reading a bit about it because i was confused but like jennifer aniston and like molly shannon and david schwimmer and mike myers and like fucking uh jason Priestley and will ferrell and like all kinds of fucking people are in this thing 
Kind of sounds uh, like a movie and I've never heard sort of, of it. thing. Like, yeah. Like, so uh, anyway, that just felt like a notable inclusion, especially considering the earlier credit of the actual The Thin Blue Line. And also she was on a TV show adaptation of In the Heat of the Night. Seems kind of weird. Interesting. <laughs> um, Jenny Agutter uh, plays Joanne. She was in Logan's Run and An American Werewolf in London. Oh, yeah. Love it. Uh, second favorite credit on this list goes to Garrett Graham. Yeah, hell yeah. Who plays Phil. We know him. He's also in He's in uh, Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah, and, and My Girl 2. And yeah. uh, he is Bud 2. He is Chud 2, Bud the Chud. He's the yeah. titular Bud the Chud. Yay, also, bro. he Yay. has been credited twice. He has been credited twice um, as Bud T. Chud. Uh instead of his own name in movies. One of them is a Chris Christopherson movie called Night of the Cyclone, which also stars Jeffrey Meek from Mortal Kombat Conquest. That's why I had heard of it before. And the other one, I believe, I'm blanking on the name right now, I believe it was called, like, Cove Harbor or something? Let me double check. But, like, he has just done acting performances and, like, Alan Smithied himself into being Bud T. Chud, which I just think is amazing. Cove Missed Road. opportunity not getting him on the Bud the Chud episode. It sounds like he accepts it. He's certainly leaning into it. Uh, That's cool. Okay, I didn't I'll, even I'll, I didn't even recognize him, man. Very I didn't cool. either. Oh okay, yeah, I'll truck through these last few. We've got uh, Grace Zabriskie as Grace Poole, uh, who's a David Lynch regular, uh, Twin Peaks and Inland Empire, uh, Wild at Heart, and also is in Armageddon and uh, The Grudge from 2004. Uh, we've got. Peter Haskell. We've got Beth Grant, um, who was in Donnie Darko, Speed, and uh, Wally's Wonderland, that Nick Cage Five Nights at Freddy's movie, basically. Um, nice. Greg German uh, is Matson, who's like the executive guy who has to stop to buy vodka. Um, he was in Clear and Present Danger and Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. <laughs> and then we've got uh, Eden Gross as Tommy Dahl and Charles Meshack or Meshick who's the guy who drives the Chicago uh, newspaper truck. Uh, he was in Commando, apparently. Hmm. I like so him. Just I like a him in this real movie. fucking hodgepodge of really interesting credits and connections. This is the reason we do this segment is for shit like this, because it's all over the place. Um, yeah, and, I think and, that's and cool. just think, Corey and Mitch, by the time we uh, we close the curtain on this podcast, our resume is going to be better than all these people. <laughs> all the movies that now we have worked with, my oh, gosh. You know it. Um, we have Our degree of separation from so many famous people is like two to three right now. Calling a couple favors. We're basically Hollywood, baby. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're on our way to being Hollywood royalty. <laughs> Yeah, it's essentially. I, At I least have, Romania pretending to be Hollywood. I'm getting my star on the Romanian Walk of Fame next week. <laughs> nice. the, the, the concept of Walk of Fame is just so cheesy don't, to don't me. They pay, I, I love they it. pay for those? Yeah, you gotta pay for it. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> like, imagine yeah. paying for that. And it's like... Yeah. I don't know, man. It couldn't be me. <laughs> also, just yeah. like a city, a city like doing that is so strange to me. Anyway. Yeah, but like obviously, if anybody was gonna do it, it's the glitz and glamour of Hollywood. It's Tinseltown, baby. Yeah. Um, yeah. so this movie is uh, so we've got Andy, who is in foster care 
because because of, because of his, his bad because of child acting. One. Hold on, anyway, hold the fucking right, phone right, here, okay, Chief. Okay, okay. So we've got Andy and child in foster care because of the events of Child's Play <laughs> and that horrible doll. Um, and there's a company executive for PlayPal, PlayPal toys or good good guy toys or something. I think they're good guy dolls from PlayPal toys. Um, and the the stockholders, the stakeholders are in in raptures. They need to know what's going on, and they're like, "Don't worry, we got the doll back. We're gonna fix the doll." Um, they accidentally uh, just reconstruct Chucky's body, give him a free body, uh, and he breaks out and he's like, I'm going to go kill Andy because I've discovered what the Chucky movies are about finally, and it's a serial killer <laughs> trapped inside of a doll yeah. who is trying to harvest the young boy's body so he can become human again. So that was all news Fucking to you, Corey? Crazy. Every single word of it. <laughs> so did you... Um... <laughs> ever think about like what chucky is or did it not killer go that doll. far so it's just like a a, a literal doll that's just like bad yeah, and wants to kill a, people just that doll came alive and wants to kill people and and, yeah. and that was that was don mancini's <laughs> initial idea when he wrote the script that's what it was about um and then when our man tom holland who who did fright night um mm. came on to direct it it was his idea to have did it tom instead be the first child's play oh yeah Oh, I gotta fucking yeah, see that. It's amazing. Amazing <laughs> film. Um when he came on, it was his idea to have the Charles Lee Ray character, which is Chucky in human form, who then this serial killer possesses a doll and then is trying to become human. That was all Tom Holland's idea and like the voodoo aspect of he puts himself in the doll through voodoo and then he has to try to uh become human again through voodoo. That was Tom Holland's as well. And Don Mancini was not down with it. Um he just wanted it to be a killer doll, but then, you know, it was his first first movie. He's a young college kid, so he had to just go with it and then he's and then he's stuck with it in, yeah, but in the second movie. Fr- you wouldn't have got a franchise out of it if it wasn't if it was just the doll. Right, because like yeah. the last three Chucky movies, it sounds like rely more on like a level of humanity that's easier to achieve if you know there's a human soul in the doll. For sure, yeah, I think I think it's the right way to go. Um, uh, and it all it also just it offers so many more uh, avenues to take. You're right; it is why the movie could become a franchise. But it is interesting to think of now. This writer is stuck with doing number two. He's got to stick to some stuff that like some writing prompts that weren't necessarily his idea and so he's got to figure out how to make them work so it is yeah it is don mancini's out here playing mad libs with like his life's work yeah <laughs> yeah um so uh chucky is on the loose he's trying to get andy andy gets sent to like uh perennial foster parents they've they fostered a lot of kids they've got one in their home right now named kyle who is like she's this like edgy cigarette smoking high school student uh who just doesn't play by the rules and um has been in and out of a lot of other foster care situations but also does go on to like genuinely care about andy and they sort of form a bond while he tries to convince people like hey remember that killer doll we were talking about a couple years ago (laughs) um still happening and uh, nobody really believes them it gets to his school chucky kills his teacher um Chucky's killing executives, Chucky's killing parents, and then it it all sort of culminates in this uh final confrontation in the in the toy factory. Uh and they got to try to stick it to the stick it to the man, to the to the doll. Uh that's yeah. the gist of it, yeah. So um Mitch is frothing at the fucking mouth. 
uh, trying to talk about this. I feel like we have a good sense of how Liam feels about it. Liam, is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, go to go to me last. Okay. Um, so Mitch, I'm not frothing at the mouth. Well, well you did. You interrupted the cast list on the first actor to say that just to punt a small child. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, I just. So what do I think about Chucky or? Bro, Liam, are you beer buddying as we podcast? I might have dropped a nice little beer buddy just <laughs> to get you guys in the mood. Oh, yo, he's drinking water. Oh, he's Sick. fucking hydrating, boys. Gotta stay I've, hydrated. Honestly, could not be me. I don't have a single beverage inside, and my throat's getting kind of dry. But we'll keep going. We'll keep going. All right, it's all you, Mitch. So what do you think about uh, Chucky and Child's Play 2? So, first of all, I just want to clear the air. I was not out here punting small children verbally. Um, I don't know. I I have this sort of this bias. I don't, I don't know. But I, I don't like it when movies hang a lot on sort of child actors who give in like less than great performances. I feel like it's a lot to put on a kid in a script. And I feel like it either really works or it really doesn't. Um, there's a lot about this movie that I do like. Uh, like I love the effects, particularly in the last sequence. Some of the kills are inventive, but pretty much all the idle time and like the build up to that final scene, I just I didn't have a lot of fun with it. Um, I just found like the the structure of just like Chucky did it. Like it's not Chucky, and then just like he's not here. He's in the basement, and just like just like I don't know that sort of cyclical nature of the story to be kind of tiresome uh but i don't think it's like a bad movie um it's just not the kind of movie that i love but there are a lot of things that i did like about it fair enough um if liam's going last i'll say that uh, i definitely think i liked it more um i really i think there's some inventive stuff going on here which does feel like a bit of an achievement given that you're making a slasher film and a slasher sequel in 1990 uh mm-hmm. a lot of things had kind of been done up to that point um and obviously this is not perfectly unique nothing is but there's some inventive visuals and setup that i like and there's just the unique thing of like toy storyifying your slasher villain like having to turn off and on the the lifelike nature of your villain given circumstances is is interesting to me um and just the weird dedication like does liam does the first movie explain why it has to be andy or is chucky just fixated yeah because this like attachment is so fucking ferocious that's a really great question, Corey. I don't quite have the answer. In fact, I just watched an interview with Don Mancini today um, about Child's Play Two specifically. But he does the uh, he did some video segments or in like 2013 with uh, film critic William uh, Bibiani, where he talks about each of the Chucky movies, and he gets asked, uh, "Well, like, why is he just going for Andy? Did I miss something, or is that and um, and?" Don Mancini it seems like he wasn't able to like give a clear answer like he mostly just said like you kind of just gotta maybe it wasn't all that clear and you just kind of gotta go with it I think you could you could probably make something up but I do think the movie sort of uh fumbles motivation uh from film to film so in the first movie um 
it said that Chucky has to, um, the person that he embodies has to be the person he revealed himself to first. And, okay. uh, and that was Andy. Like, he, he, he told Andy who he was. And, and that's what Don Mancini says in this interview. He says that it has to be the person that Chucky revealed himself to first. Right. So I, I also, think that's what it is. I've just had a brain blast. Is the kid in Toy Story named Andy because of Child's Play? Uh, I don't know if anyone has confirmed it, but I would like to think so. I really would. Uh, that's, that's canon. That's canon now. If it wasn't before, it is now. I literally just like V8 smacked myself in the forehead as I had that thought. I was like, this is revolutionary. This is going to change the game. Yeah, dude. The same Toy way Story that... was inspired by Child's Play. The same way that that kid in Harry Potter was named Harry Potter because of Harry Potter in Troll. I, I, I like to believe yeah. that both yeah, those exactly things are the canon. Same, exactly the same thing. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but no, I, I had a good time. Uh, the Chucky's not exactly what I would have expected in that he's more like a, like a, he's more like what if Jason Voorhees could talk than a straight up, uh, Freddy Krueger, if we want to use like slasher archetypes, cause he's like this unstoppable, unmoving force that just happens to talk a lot of shit but is also extremely willing to like improvise and just do like anything barrel through walls, get melted into plastic, whatever. It's a much less cheeky form of violence than you would expect from something that's based in toys. I kind of appreciate that. I feel like if it was too gimmicky in the violence, it might be a bit much. Um, But I like that. That's so oddly straightforward and like brute. Um, I like the relationship between Kyle and Andy and I do like that the movie has this motif running through it of close-up shots that are using wide angles, so they look a little bit distorted and a little bit upsetting. Like, even just, like, a shot of when uh, Matson goes to, like, use his car phone, that's, like, a low-angle, wide-angle shot. Or, like, uh, close-ups of Andy when he's thinking about stuff. Like, there's a... That's running through the movie, and I think it looks cool. And I feel like it definitely underscores the weirdness of the situation. I found a lot to like, though I am willing to concede that I don't know if I I feel that Alex Vincent had had enough to carry as much of the movie as he's asked to carry as an eight year old. Yeah, that's fair. It's and it's tough. Um when they did the original child's play, you know, he would have been two or three years younger. And I think um, that he gives a really great performance in, in the original child's play. I think he's really cute and he, um, but he also like sells being scared. He sells being impressionable because he's a kid. And it's kind of hard to not sell that because like most kids are, are inherently those things. And so um I really like him in the original and in this one I I think I like him more than you guys do like I I think he is uh, I I do buy a whole lot of it and some of like the the tougher scenes to do you know like where uh he's tied up to a bed and like has to yell that like it was Chucky that did it like those those that heightened yeah. stuff where like you you would really have to buy it um I get that like that isn't acted the way you know someone with more experience uh uh would be able to act it but i still think that um 
I'm never I'm never taken out of it by him. And I actually think there are quite a few moments, um, actually, like mo- more than quite a few moments, where just just in like talking scenes or when he has to like plead with an adult or something, he gives these like little uncomfortable looks when he's being talked down to. I I really do buy it. Um, so I, I like him in this movie. I think I like him more in the first movie, which kind of tracks because um, I won't say to what extent, but he does come back later in this in the Chucky franchise as an adult. Um, and like you said, Corey, I don't know that he's really done a whole lot in between, um, but he comes back to reprise Andy, and uh, I I don't think he's he's he can do it at all. Um, and so I, I think that like he just kind of aged aged out of it, um, and uh, like I guess he sort of like had some. I, I like the kid charisma that he has. I feel like he does have some, but then as an adult, it just turns out that like if you don't, um, sometimes if you don't have it, you don't have it. And then you know also if you don't keep up and, and practice with all these like different roles and stuff, you might uh, you might not be able to to do what is asked of you. Whereas a kid, it's a bit easier to do the stuff that's asked of you because you don't need a whole lot of experience. You just, you just, uh, be a natural kid. And I think he, he does that in the first movie. Um, it's a bit harder in this movie, but I still think he does it. Um, but it's definitely, I don't think he's doing poorly by any stretch. Like it could be so much worse. Like, Way yeah, worse, I've seen a whole but... lot. I've seen a whole <laughs> lot worse. You can be a bad kid actor. I'm not. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to downplay what no, he's doing here. And, but and I think he's doing well. I just like I agree with Mitch in that there are some scenes where when it's a lot of him just sort of being asked to like go through spaces for extended periods of time or like be the core thrust of like a scene's worth of conversation. Where I'm like, it does fall kind of flat. You're just like, okay, you could have maybe put any kid in here and kind of gotten a similar it feels a lot or it just feels a lot like the last scene like similar uh similar conclusion narratively and i think like similar performance just like i don't know i i just it's a lot to to depend on on an (laughs) eight-year-old yeah yeah um yeah that's that would be my sort of angle on that but i think I, I do just appreciate with this movie that I was uh, I was kind of surprised in a lot of ways, um, positively mm-hmm. because I think I had a lot of assumptions. Yeah, me too. Uh, that don't really play themselves out here, which I think is good. Like, what did you think, Mitch? Like, in terms of what were you expecting versus what you got? Uh, well, for starters, I think like I wasn't expecting like uh. <laughs> I guess like some of like the kills and like the like the practical effects to be like so like as fucked up as they are, right? Because Chucky is a movie that kind of has like a bit of an identity crisis, like in regards to like its audience. Because I feel like like kids are obviously drawn to it, um, but it's like dealing with some pretty adult themes. Like I'd say it's probably not but, for like, kids. The movie's not made for kids. No, like, I don't no, think... but but. But tonally, I feel like this movie has, like, a lot of, like, what you see in, like, kid movies, like, with kids sort of, like, uh, like, there's, like, a sense of, like, of self-discovery and, like, a kid, um, like, learning to, like, face his fears and stuff. Like, it, it echoes, like, the narrative of, like, a, of, like, a children's movie in a lot of ways, and it has, like, that tone. And I think I was very pleased with seeing, like, 
with how it blended like those themes and did it pretty well uh, from such different areas. Yeah, no, I get what you mean. I don't know if for me that I I necessarily think that I would call that an identity crisis. Maybe not an identity crisis. Only because yeah. like the movie's like very, very, very aware of itself, true, and that it's doing that. So like, I think the movie knows what it's doing. Any any other like results you get from that would just be you know the consequences of like who are you letting watch it as a viewer? Yeah. But, um, I don't mean an identity crisis in the sense that it doesn't know what it is, but maybe I mean like the identity of it, of, of like the audience that it's seeking in a way. Yeah. I will say if I, uh, one argument I think is fair is that the, the like family drama aspect does feel a bit under, underbaked and kind of, yeah, flat and kind of boring. And I, I would cyclical. honestly, if, if I could, uh, frame this movie in a better way for my own personal taste um kyle and andy would both be in some kind of like like that foster care center would be just where it took place Mm -hmm. instead of like looping in the at-home aspect and i know that that like you're demanding a lot more like people be on your set and characters potentially involved but i think if you whittled out the family drama and focused on like this young kid and nobody's believing him or doing anything to help him. And this older kid who's like really been through the shit and is cynical, but recognizes that they can be helpful here. And then it goes on the trajectory toward the end of it. That is sort of what happens, but I just feel like the parental stuff is just kind of like padding it out, which says a lot when your movie's like 80 minutes. The art that design in their it, house is fucking crazy. I don't want to change it the subject. No, that much, house is that house is cool yeah, as shit. The house yeah, is fucking crazy. Like the set design is fucking crazy. It's like baby blue and like bright pink. Baby blue doors and like a yeah. pink hallway and like yeah. Wow. She, she she says, Andy, uh, this is your room. I bet blue's your favorite color. That's quite the presumption there, it, lady. It, there, but do you but know it does look nice. Call Pantone. <laughs> like yeah. Uh, also, his bed is diagonal, which has got to be like the worst possible use of space in a bedroom. Oh yeah, that's that's cursed. He was definitely <laughs> he was gonna so have some cursed. bad sleeps, regardless also, of if he was gonna get tied up in the middle of the are night. You, are you telling me these parents are like, so we're fostering the Chucky kid? We should keep the doll in there, right? Yeah, we should keep the exact <laughs> fucking doll that he thinks killed his family, and like we shouldn't throw it out. We should just and <laughs> we should like make him like open the door and yell at him, and yeah, it's just. They're just not supportive parents. It's like this movie would be done if they threw out the Chucky doll and then saw that it came back, right? Like, fuck. Yeah, but then we don't. Yeah, but uh, then we don't get to see an eight-year-old smoke cigarettes while doing the laundry. True, and that feels like vital information. Um. Uh, another thing that's got great design, uh, production design to it is when at the beginning the the lackey is talking to the executive and they're going through the halls of like the corporate office. That's ridiculous. It's it's gray hallways. Again, shot really kind of tight and wide and it's like got primary color lines all over the walls. Yeah. What do you want us to do with the dog? This office. I know we got to stick it up your ass. (laughs) (laughs) Like this weird corporate energy and like the grimness of the gray contrasting. 80s power suits. Like I know. Or nineties. Yeah. And like like yeah really like uh money never sleeps energy going yeah. on in here and uh but all with like 
bright colors throughout and they're doing like surgery on a doll none of this would have happened if they didn't feel compelled to appeal stakeholders and stockholders by reconstructing the doll from scratch and saying look it's fine there's no demon in here i do i do think that's a genius bit as it's, it's so, so it's so silly but like i i like buy it and i like the the kind of like critiques of, of of like consumerism that are going on there yeah. where it's feels uh, like yeah. paul verhoeven or something yeah yeah this is just robocop this is just like <laughs> it's just like this and robocop are like uh spiritually connected mm-hmm. that's the end of that thought i'm just saying that um but liam as like resident child's play guy well actually really quick it's maybe worth asking um are you do you have a lot of attachment to like the whole franchise like obviously i'm i'm not including your halloween costume because i know what that was and that might tip my hand but uh maybe we we can put a picture of that on uh that they made another one twitter or something yeah if you want me to tweet i I can absolutely tweet it but um like is this like a big like an important franchise to you like aside from this one because i was like, we talked about why this one specifically and the seed of chucky history that you had as a kid but like now that you're an adult overall yes it it does um a really recent attachment uh but but i do have the attachment so um i i first took the took it upon myself to confront the chucky series as an adult and it wasn't like a form of uh I think I'm still scared of this, but I'm going to do it. It was, I know I'm not scared of this anymore. I love horror movies and I want to, I want to watch these movies. So me and my friend uh, who live in my hometown and watch movies together when I go back during the summers, um, he uh, loved child's play growing up as well. In fact, that uh, opened the, the door, you little dick. Um, that line is, <laughs> is is one of his favorites, and he always compares it to an experience he had where uh, he was at a party uh, with someone who had imbibed a bit too much, and this person, when they imbibe, they get very aggressive, and, and they were being violent, and so the people... Uh, they, they they got him into a room and shut the door so that he just had to wait it out in the bedroom and not hurt anyone. And apparently he the, the dude behind the door whipped out the exact thing from Child's Play 2 where he was like, <laughs> he was like, he said, uh, Dolan, come on, let me out. I'm sorry, I won't hurt you. Let me the fuck out of here! <laughs> um, but he was sincere about it. He was sincere. And so uh, that's Jeez. always meant a lot to me. I've heard that story many times. And and so we watched the Child's Play franchise together. I think uh, that was my first time seeing anything past the first one. Um, because like I said, I watched the first one on TV in high school. And um, to be honest, I... I really liked watching all the child's play movies with him. I had fun, but uh, piece by piece, I I wasn't that into them. Like I thought the first one um, was actually uh, not all that, not all that good for what an original movie should be and how it's talked about. I was really disappointed that they don't play longer with, uh, is it Andy doing the killing or is it his possessed doll? I remember feeling that way. Um, and then I thought that the, the climactic showdown, it happens in an apartment. And I just thought that that was kind of, 
it didn't feel grand enough. So I was a bit disappointed by the first one. And then the second one, um, I'll tell you guys, this is often regarded as the fan favorite is Child's Play 2. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, because what I was going to ask, and I'm sure you're getting there, but I was going to say, like, like, what is it about this one that sticks out to sure. somebody who's a big fan of it? Yeah, yeah. So I will talk about that. Um, a lot of a lot of people, Child's Play Two is the fan favorite. Um, I think most people say that you know Child's Play One is is probably the best one, and 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 certainly a number two favorite. But a lot of people just really have a fondness for Child's Play Two, and um, I think a lot of it is also just like that TMNT Two sort of thing, where Child's Play Two, like by that point, Chucky Fever was big. It was playing on TV kids of that time were following along with it so they saw child's play 2 a lot um and so i watched child's play 2 kind of knowing that knowledge and i was also disappointed by child's play 2 like i i I liked it just fine i would have said it was like a 6 out of 10 or something um but I, I wasn't all that into it. I actually thought Child's Play 3, which is often regarded as the worst in the franchise, if not Seed of Chucky, I thought Child's Play 3 was the most fun of all of them. And in that one, Chucky uh, follows teenaged Andy to a uh, military school. And, uh, oh my God. And uh, it goes down there. Turn. Different actor playing, playing Andy in that one. And I thought that one was really fun. And uh, then... Uh, I watched Bride of Chucky. I watched Seed of Chucky with him. We did all those, and then we didn't make it to the the next two direct-to-video ones that have, have come out in, like, the Netflix era. Um, and so this year, when I started collecting Blu-rays, I, I sought out the Chucky set, and um, especially knowing that the Chucky TV series was coming, I wanted to... Not to get... be confused with the Chucky set in Romania, where they make all the yes. movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to uh, get all caught up. I wanted to show them to Brianna. And so after watching all the Friday the 13th movies and all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, we fired all the Child's Play movies. And I don't know what happened to me in the last two years or something. I think my tastes have changed and that I've gotten a lot more into like camp and schlock and uh, just like low budget horror movies. I just feel How comfortable and safe with them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I I basically loved every single Child's Play movie. Like I thought the first one was a 10 out of 10. Loved it. All the criticisms I had about uh, um, them not playing with the possessed doll or Andy all that much. I think that was like totally wrong. I think they do it the perfect amount. I was blown away by Child's Play and then Child's Play 2, I thought it was so moody um, and creepy. Corey, you said a whole lot of the stuff I love. Like I love the strong um, uh, identity the movie has through the cinematography with like the yeah, high the angles and the low angles. I love the reflecting shot when like the, the toy truck goes by in the car window. That's a really yeah. wonderful shot. Yeah. This, this is a really nicely shot movie like uh, and well constructed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in that shot, Andy turns around right as the doll's face on the truck is is passing him. Yeah. Um, and so it's blocked it's a, really it's a well. Great shot. Yeah. And I think there's just a whole lot of that. Like, I really like the way the art design interacts with the cinematography too. Like that whole house um, that that Andy uh, gets uh, fostered into. Um, with the, all the bright colors, but then the camera is kept really low and it's looking up at everyone. So it looks like it's like a dollhouse and the furniture looks big and the people look small. And so I like the way that feels. Yeah. And I, even, and I, 
went into therapy at the beginning sorry but yeah uh, yeah but the a- adult sitting at a table made for kids but like weirdly it still looks big on the adult but andy's sitting in that chair and the chair looks fucking huge like yeah like it does it does kind of thing where it's just like like none of it fits right for him like yeah yeah it starts right there and i and it continues all the way through and i i really love it i don't think it's exhausting at all i think it 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 um makes the film feel so unique and i like that going into this one we know that chucky the doll is going to be the killer because everyone uh if they haven't seen the first one they know about it like chucky has already become a huge playground topic of discussion and so starting the movie off with these angles where it kind of makes everyone feels small and the furniture is big and the rooms are even larger it sort of makes me feel like uh where everyone is on chucky's level and so like when this doll shows up i know that like uh these people who are who are much bigger than chucky maybe they're actually not all as big as they seem and uh that common criticism of like if a doll is coming after you a child is coming after you just like kick them across the room you're so much bigger than them but this sort of is a subtle way of being like maybe that's not quite gonna work because maybe size differences are sort of just a matter of perspective and if this doll is uh possessed by a killer and has the uh ferociousness uh that he has and is wielding a knife maybe it doesn't matter all that much that that you're bigger than him and you can like hide on a big piece of furniture or something he's gonna find his way up to you so i really like that um like Corey said i love the relationship between kyle and andy i think it's so sweet i love the way the kyle character is written and played it feels very very real to me where it's just like it's this kid who's still a kid but but has kind of grown out of of the optimism and like the naivety of being a kid because it's implied that she's like she's almost 18 um probably 16 or 17 and uh, she's been in the foster system her whole childhood and so that's just like this really cool dynamic between her and andy they could have gone like a much uh easier way to create tension and make andy feel alone and and ramp up the horror where like this older teenage character just like totally shrugs him off doesn't believe him is mean to him um but they don't do that at all they they have her like sympathize with him but also she feels like a real teenager in that like she uh you know she doesn't take him seriously when she, when he says that this doll is after her but also she she kind of treats him like an equal even though she knows he's a kid and yeah. there's the she also wants to, like help him mm-hmm. which i think goes a long way cuz i think i agree with your point and that's why i almost wish that the movie was more focused on that because what feels interesting about Kyle is that she seems to have already kind of like she's cynical but she has transcended like just like the angst and anger part so she's open to just trying to be helpful recognizing that andy could well end up in the situation that she's been in and i think that's more interesting than just her being like a bitch to him like yes like the fact that she's like sympathetic to like well he is on a trajectory here to maybe spend like the next decade in foster care like I'll set him up well for that. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. So I I really love that. I think it's a great um, way to take the series if you can't get the mom back from the original because in the in the original movie. Um, Andy has a single mom and they're sort of the, the two main characters. Um, and then there's also a detective character who is played by the vampire from Fright Night, uh, Corey, and he's sort of the third Let's banana. Let's go! Yeah, so it is... <laughs> I fucking love that guy. <laughs> yeah, so re- really cool cast. And um, I don't know what the deal was if they couldn't get the mom back here. Um, I know that she was in a relationship, like, I think she was married to the dude who does the effects for Chucky. So apparently she was on set a whole lot, but she just isn't just in the movie for whatever, whatever reason. And the way they write that off, I like I like that the movie catches us up really quickly with the uh, executives at the yeah I at loved the toy that place position yeah yeah and they just say that the cops denied everything. Um, you know they 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 played it safe. Uh, but the mom backed up her kid, and so she's in a psych ward. And honestly, like, I think it, it might be unfortunate. We would like the the mom and Andy have such a strong relationship in that original, and they fight for so much, um, and it, and it has a happy ending. So it's a shame that it goes down like this. But I think in a horror franchise, if you're going to continue doing it, and you know, these things are unfortunate, I I believe it. Um, so that's fine by me. And so I think a really cool way to do it is put Andy in the foster system and uh, have these characters around him and i do agree with you guys that i wish the parental drama was fleshed out more because i really like the little bits of it that we have i really like that uh bud the chud the dad actor here is like um a lot more strict and he's not willing to entertain at all like the trauma of this kid and is either telling him to get over it or just eventually telling his wife that we need to give this kid up and it's just like heartbreaking that's such a weird thing for him to do though when they set them up as being like parents that have fostered a lot of kids and i'm like why does this why does this guy suck so much yeah it is strange yeah and so i think maybe if it was like if we got the impression that the the wife was like pushing him to do it more and was like really going to bat for andy i would like that um so i think that the movie should have spent more time with them i think that um i mean one like uh the actress uh from an american werewolf in london uh what's her name um jenny jenny a gutter a gooder um yeah, I, i'm not sure which it is she's like second build here you know really really huge actress um and it's she barely gets any screen time and i would imagine mm. a lot of that got lost in in like the cut or the script i would imagine again, they the had wrote more short. of that yeah like... and so i would like for more of that to be in there um because i really like movies that like take place in the family and you're watching the destru- the destruction of a family um and they have to either persevere or 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 die uh, and some movies that do that are like the original child's play another movie is is orphan which is about you know a, an un- unsuspecting soon, they made another one. i'm dying for it dude um it's a, that's <laughs> about an unsuspecting small killer in a family and that movie basically just takes place at the one location in the house and and i really love that feeling of of getting to know the family getting to know where each of them are coming from and then uh you know terror happens and i don't think this movie quite lands that because it doesn't give enough to those parents Uh, i think the dad gets more than the mom does and i like what he does but i would have liked more of that and i think it's it's just sacrificed for like 
admittedly entertaining Chucky set pieces, like Chucky going to school and killing the teacher. Um, that is a ridiculous Ch- The scene. fact that he went to school and he's like just sitting at the desk like looking for stuff. I'm like, this is so weird. This is not yeah. at all yeah. what I thought this was going to go down like. Talk about that scene for a bit before I continue. I've been rambling. Um, it's, it's just weird. It's Rich, weird. Go ahead, because I don't really know. The the way that it like that the shot gets further and further away, and you just see the meter stick wailing on the on the teacher through the window is uh, pretty well done. The lethal meter stick. Yeah. The the fucking when he's in the closet, or when the teacher goes into the closet, it just gets a hit with a ball. Like, he stabs her with like a bike pump or something. Yeah, and he or pushes a the bike yeah. up, and there's so much force that it like jumps and shoots the, her out of the closet. And there's like a Sam Peckinpah like slow mo as she like falls <laughs> into the desk. It's like the end of the Wild Bunch or something. Oh, dude! And the expression Chucky makes if if anyone listening or if you guys didn't notice this, go back and look right after he presses the pump and she goes flying. Chucky has this terrifyingly like aggressive right expression on and when you see it in movement it is like really freaky and so my point in bringing up that scene is even though i think um uh if we had given more time to the family i would have been more emotionally connected to it as like a a, a, a uh, um one one unified movie um the set pieces that they sacrifice that story for i think still really work like i really love the tension that builds up as she's so <laughs> mean to andy sorry and, I, I thought uh, i muted myself but i'm watching the scene again and i'm just looking at his yeah face. do it just dead eyes staring into the ceiling mouth wide open it's like ah yes dude <laughs> and i it's just also, like she, so correction, uncanny she, she does not get shot out of the out of the closet, but she turns around and mm. falls into a bunch of desks. That's what I was picturing. But, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another good one of those close up uh, low angle shots is when she's trying to get the key in the lock. There's yeah, another one of them. I really love the tension that builds up in that scene, and like she thinks it's Andy in there, but we know it's not. Um, and then we don't know where Chucky is, and so she's searching around. And there's a couple false scares. I think this movie has a number of scenes that go on a lot longer than I'd expect them to, and uh, mm. and and justifiably so. I actually think they're very creepy. Like Andy searching the basement for Chucky is really good, especially because like that scene doesn't end with a fake out like a lot of horror movies do where he's looking for chucky you don't um, have time for fake outs in 80 minutes <laughs> exactly and and he's like getting himself freaked out and then in you know a lesser movie i think he would uh find something that isn't chucky and he'd be like oh okay and then you cut you cut to another scene you're not ready for the the big scare yet but here chucky lunges at him tries to murder him and then the scene concludes with the dad who's been so awful uh falling down the stairs hanging upside down seeing that chucky is alive which is i think a great decision you could have had the dad die without knowing that he was wrong but getting him face to face with chucky and chucky says you know uh hey phil how's it hanging and then snaps his neck just so brutal and um and i think there that's where the storytelling really pays off where you that's have a good, that's dad. a well done sequence i think yeah mm-hmm. yeah you have the dad and he's like he's been so uh flippant about everything that andy is saying and in that moment he has to come face to face not only with his death but the fact that like he's wrong and everything that he stood for is wrong and so i think that's a really great scene 
mean and there there are a number of those in the movie so i really all that is to say um for whatever reason i wasn't into this movie the first time i saw it i think i was just like i watched it on a tiny laptop me and my friends were talking over it i just didn't get into it and now i really really love it and if there were just a few changes i would love it immeasurably but right now i love it it's it's like a nine out of ten love one thing that i thought about after because we obviously recently talked about sorcerer um and that movie has that movie has some 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 synth music in it part of me was like i think the music in this movie could have been a little bit wilder a little bit wackier it could have would it have been too much do you guys think for them to really just lean into like a like a circusy toy childhoody kind of sound like would that have been too far because part of me was like i almost want this music to just really be fucking wild i wish they got tangerine dream for it they could have got tangerine <laughs> dream for it the only people that were available were uh uh citrus nightmare yeah which is also uh that's chucky's rap name citrus nightmare is, <laughs> citrus nightmare is what my countertop looks like after i've made too many drinks when i wake up the following morning and there's just a bunch of like lemons and... man um yeah i'm with you Corey. i don't actually remember the music from this like i know it's sort of a that's music thing, boxy right? thing but it doesn't yeah. stick with me and i wish it did because so much of the movie is is heightened and so i would have liked if the movie if the music was heightened as well um my my thought as to maybe why they didn't do that is because like even though the the cinematography is pretty stylized like i think at the heart of it the the story isn't all that wacky like i know the the, yeah, the concept right. of a killer doll is wacky but like like you said um like you guys both said like the kills aren't all that gimmicky and it actually is sort of like a straight ahead like brute force violence movie there I'm are falling a few... for my own hubris here i already i made a point that disproves the other thing that i said <laughs> right and so so that's sort of my thought and um i can't recall if the music in any of the other child's play movies does go wackier but my thought is it does because some of the other movies like they get more comfortable with the whole campy comedic stuff and um in child's play 3 they literally do end up at a carnival so um right. So that they might end up leaning in that direction, but I I do know what you mean. I don't remember the music from it, so I guess I I wouldn't have minded if they they pushed it harder in one way. Also, this it's still the eighties, but it's nineteen ninety fashion. Um, one of my earliest notes for this, I'm trying to find exactly what I wrote because it's really funny, but it's about <laughs> Andy's drip when he gets to the foster house is outstanding. <laughs> that eight-year-old trip <laughs> well because he's in all of his like he's got really heavy knitwear but they've all got like designs on them of like a plane taking off or like a train or something and he's got like baggy pants that look a bit like joggers tucked into like high top converse dude's absolutely built to get a fit off it's like <laughs> chucky's got a good fit too hey like yeah. they established that overalls and that sweater and yeah, it's nice well, and yeah and then Kyle's looks are all just aspirational. Like, oh, Kyle know, is killing it. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to just dress like that all the time? I noticed that. I was like, Corey is going to be into Kyle's fashion. <laughs> I, I am. I really am. Maybe if that's how they were also dressed on fucking 90210, maybe I've got some watching to do. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, 
I it's nice because um a lot of uh I do like a lot of things about this movie. It's just one of those things where I think when you go in with no expectations, sometimes you can get caught up in like, oh, this is kind of strange, actually. Like when you don't know what your expectations are, you're not disappointed, but you're just sort of caught off guard by what you get. I think any of my big complaints here are more a result of that than anything else. Like stuff you you expected and didn't happen. Yeah, that aren't here just because like I didn't know what the deal was with child's play at all. So, yeah, and that's fair, and maybe that's why I wasn't as into them when when I watched them um, because I had seed of Chucky, it, and then I just had like the terror of Chucky built up in my mind, and now it took me a bit of a I had to get my footing and, and know where these movies are coming from, and, um, yeah. oh, and now I like it. The effects are awesome though, like the melted fucked up chucky puddle that comes out of that like machine with limbs at the end yeah yeah i want to know how mitch feels a bit like what are some effects that you liked mitch oh there were so many good effects i think like the everything in the last sequence i think is is best uh mm. i think like none of the ones in the earlier part of the movie like the kills are are super like show stopping you've got like a bag over somebody's head but like if you've seen any 80s slashers like the bag over the head is kind of like a taps into some basic fears and like it's it's a common occurring one mm-hmm. um, holiday classic yeah it is a holiday yeah like black christmas uh but uh yeah so like none of the early ones were that great but once they start getting more like in debt like the kills become industrialized and you've got like the conveyor belt where like the doll comes out of it and it's like covered in in like limbs and like oozing and uh or like where he like loses his hand and he like jams the knife into it that is so gnarly and like you see the tendons on his hand stretching as it rips yeah it's fucking gross not to interrupt mitch but like the they say like oh i've been in this doll too long i'm human again but like they fucking mean it yeah like it's so sinewy and gross like yeah and the, the like sudden human physicality of the doll is so fucked yeah like, and like the his his like skin like the hand like almost rips off like like dough that's been left to rise too long it's like it, it, it's really gross shit's fucked and uh that's this tagline for no, child's i thought that i thought that that was really good i thought the were the the uh, security guard gets like the doll eyes put in was uh inventive and like a yeah. good a good effect uh i also thought the like the the chucky windshield cannon was a great effect too where she yeah. slammed on, on the brakes oh, yeah yeah also uh the chicago tribune rep- represent there's a there's a whole bunch star of star tribune that's what it is yeah. isn't it i was trying to remember earlier yeah, it's the, Sun, it's a, it's a Chicago Tribune. Chicago newspaper names. I thought maybe sometimes. I thought maybe it had Sentinel in it. No, it's just maybe the tri- it's just the Tribune. Like it's like a. I have the movie open. I'm gonna. We'll see. I'll <laughs> confirm. It's not that I don't trust you, Mitch, but I just need to know for my own sake. I need to see it with my eyes. All right. Anyway, so some really anyway. excellent effects. Uh, but more in, in the back half of the movie, I think it it loads itself. The first half is just sort of like flat family drama, but the final showdown in the factory is fucking great. Yeah, the, yeah, the factory whole stuff. I can't believe we haven't talked about it yet. But like, what's more to say other than like it fucking owns? Yeah, I'm I'm really glad you guys like that. When I think of this movie, I think of uh the interior of the foster home house, just like the dollhouse look, and then I think of this factory. Um, Chicago Sun Times. 
Nice. Shit. What do I know? Um, <laughs> uh, Did you even watch the movie, Mitch? Fuck, he's doing some other some other stuff. <laughs> if you didn't watch the movie, I mean, things. your predictions are on point. Um, yeah, I think that the the factory is is the big the big moment, and I love how long they stay there, and how how many times you think Chucky is done with, or you think, oh, they're gonna get out of it now, and then they don't. Um, and I think it doesn't feel cheap at all. It feels like you've you've ratcheted up to ten. And then you think the movie's over, and then it's at eleven, and then you think the movie's over, and then it's at twelve, as opposed to like a fake out jump scare um, that just like keeps going and and is never raising the tension. I think this always raises the tension because you're getting different kill effects, you're getting Chucky being like massacred in different ways. Like I've seen this movie uh, two times now, and um, after he gets. Uh, demolished in the um i don't even know what you would like a doll crusher thing and then (laughs) and then i'm like oh i guess he's done now and then he shows up again and he's just a top half and he's using like a wheelie box to come up to andy and tells him that he's gonna rip off his fucking legs like that is the movie just keeps going and i think that you have something the aggression is so jarring just like the way he speaks is so like yeah. yeah, and I think that's what makes Chucky really scary, especially in these early movies, like those scenes where you just get him looking like not quite human, but not quite doll-like. There's a scene where he's just watching Andy sleep in a dark room, and he just has this look about him, and uh, I don't know how to describe it. His face is pale, and his eyes are sunken, but like you can tell there's thoughts going on behind his head because of how they do the eyes and and like the facial structure. He looks like... Uh, a sentient being um, but not one you want to mess with and so it doesn't like that's the problem I have with the Annabelle movies like the modern day doll horrors that scare kids is that it never goes beyond the doll design like they bank on it looking creepy to you from the get-go and it doesn't it doesn't push beyond that but Chucky goes so many different places where like it it feels so otherworldly um and yeah, that factory scene keeps on going, and I love the factory scene. Um, I've heard it. I heard a YouTuber I love, a horror YouTuber called Christian Hanna Horror. He he loves Child's Play too. It's his favorite, and he says that the factory scene um, feels like like the definition of like hell. Like he says, if you were to go to hell, like he thinks that that factory would be that just like surrounded by Chucky yeah. dolls, and you just can't yeah. get out. Um, and I think that. Um, to Mitch's point that the effects really don't start hitting home until so, like the, those last few sequences um, as like Kyle is driving to the factory and then you get to the factory. I agree with you, Mitch. I think that the drama and the tension uh, is enough for me. Like there's some really cool sequences where like Kyle um, right after Andy gets taken away, Kyle is sort of suspicious of Chucky and is looking around and there's this great moment that was teased earlier in the film where she's smoking on a swing where the other doll tommy the uh, the regular good guy doll is buried and uh yeah like it's like a fresh patch of dirt yeah, yeah. and you know it's it's like a hitchcockian thing where you know that at some point that's going to be revealed because the kids are playing there and their feet are brushing against that patch of dirt and so at some point it's going to get revealed and chucky knows it as well and so I love how that's teased. Um, and so the suspense in the movie really works. And and then Kyle finds the doll and then she goes searching through the house and she finds um, 
the foster mom sitting in front of a sewing machine with her back to her and you hear the sound of the sewing machine but you don't know what is going to happen when she gets there and so I really love the suspense in all those moments but I agree with Mitch that the effects don't really start popping off in terms of the kills until the last sequence of the movie the effects work with Chucky is great all the way around like the animatronics and stuff and I I really do like the teacher kill scene but I think that they saved a lot of their money and like the 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 gore effects that they had to do for that last sequence because like they find they find um the mom and they turn her around at the sewing machine and i keep expecting her to just be like gnarly like her eyes are gouged out or something but she's just tied up and she's got like some blood around her mouth but it kind of looks like a haunted house effect there's not really a whole lot to it and then chucky jumps out and gets on kyle's back and it's awesome his little legs are kicking and stuff so it it the scare is still there but i think that like the movie could have used a bit more bloody goopy effects before they get to the factory but you're absolutely right that once they get to the factory it is gung-ho and that is an amazing sequence and it's a sequence that they wanted to use in the first child's play movie and they didn't have the budget and so that makes me think that um they saved their budget for it this time around and maybe that's why the effects beforehand aren't all the way i mean i don't i don't mean to say that everything else that happens before like isn't worthwhile i think like just like the way that they're able to give like this doll uh a menacing presence and to like have him like interact with things and walk through a space isn't itself technically impressive um but when i'm talking about like you know like your show-stopping effects they're later in the movie yeah, for sure. But yeah, I totally agree with you with that where she uh, digs at the leg. Spooky. Very, very spooky. I think like I feel like in watching this movie, I definitely like conquered some uh, some childhood fears, you know? Yeah, so do you guys <laughs> have any interest in watching other child's play yes. movies? I'm yes. not like I'm not dying to, but like if for some reason we watched them on the show again, I I bet you I'd have a a, a better time with it now that I I kind of know more what I'm going to get and like, I don't know. I think I could probably have more fun. I think if we watched it as a group, it would be even better, but who knows when we can do that. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely want to. I'm intrigued by the later series decisions and I want to see the first one. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very interested for you guys to see it. It's a remarkable franchise in that it's one of the few horror franchises I can think of where the creative team stays consistent the entire time. The fact that Don Mancini is right there the entire time and then Brad Dorif is right there. Jennifer Tilly joins the movies in Bride of Chucky and then uh, she stays a common force and now Brad Dorif's daughter in the movies is there. And the lore, while you can like punch holes in it and say, oh, this isn't consistent with like something they said in the earlier movies, even long form serialized TV shows have that in that sort of problem where it's just it's hard to keep track of everything you've written but most horror movies totally just throw that aside and they'll reboot and they'll retcon um, and it, it becomes really hard to follow but uh, the Chucky franchise is really amazing in that you can watch it from start to finish sort of just like a really long TV show and the only outlier is that child's play movie that came out a couple years ago with Aubrey Plaza and Mark Hamill and also so, an so actual TV show wait Mark Hamill is it oh, I'm the down voice with Mark Chucky? Hamill yeah he's the voice of Chucky 
Interesting. Let's yeah. do it. He does and great the, and, voice work, like phenomenal voice. For work. sure, he's yeah. the Joker, baby. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. so good in the in the Batman games. Holy fuck, and the cartoons. Yeah. Yep. And uh, the TV series, Corey, that is also totally in line with all the yeah. movies. It Everybody is... I follow on Twitter loves that fucking show. I, I yeah. didn't want to watch it because I hadn't seen any of the movies. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's you could do either, but it's definitely worth watching the movies because it it follows in direct continuity with all the movies. So there's all sorts of references. That's such and, a ballsy um, move. It's basically like they put out like another five movies within the continuity. Like it's 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 right there. It's uh, it's awesome. That's cool. Are we all chuckied out? Do we want I to might find be, out what we're doing? I next might be week? chuckied. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've fucked with the Chuck enough. <laughs> I feel like in these first two episodes where we've each individually selected the movie that we're talking about, I feel like you guys have both gone for movies that like you you knew and liked already. Is that fair to say? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I'm not doing that. Uh, hmm. Corey I, I was fucking thinking hates about... this movie. Well, no, I've never seen you it. You just missed the general, so you want to like you want to like. No, trust <laughs> me, I, I have I have a logic here. So, correct me if I'm wrong. Have we ever done a sequel to a movie that we've already talked about? Have we ever done that? A sequel I don't to think a so. movie we've already talked. Like um, we did an episode, and then we did an episode again about that. Like if we did, chi- like if I said Child's Play three, like if we ever done right. that, but I don't you know had if multiple we've Texas done. Chance? Yeah, we've revisited franchises. I don't know if we've done the ba- the back to backer, but just but the like next we've one. But okay. yeah, we've done like Halloween. You know, we've done. Um, we've revisited. Uh, well, shit. You know, it's hard. It's hard to say, Corey. It's hard to say. But this this very yeah. well might be the first the first uh, double feature, if you will. Okay. Well, and I, I maybe the phrasing's confusing because this is not a child's play movie. We're not doing it that specifically. No, no, I know what you mean. But, but it's you're you're saying it's gonna be like a, a Brady Bunch Hawaii or something. It might be. <laughs> what is something it? Something like is, that, right? It is it, that. Yay! Uh, I, you took you took it before <laughs> I could say it. I'm um, sorry, Corey. I had to get you back for doing that to me <laughs> last week. Did I do that to you? Oh you no! Did. Yeah, I you did. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, shit, or, you got me. Uh, not for this. Did you <laughs> doing the sorcerer app, or did you? I don't know. We've done so many in such a rapid succession, but I feel like. Um, anyway, yeah. we are going to watch a very Brady sequel. I was trying to think of what, like, if I was sitting at home thinking, what's something I've wished we had gotten to by now. This is on there. Largely because if you go back and listen to our Brady Bunch episode, which um, Mitch was not there for, but Mitch, trust me, um, I've ne- I don't know if I've ever been more caught off guard by how much I've liked a movie. Yeah, Mamma Mia Two would be in contention. Yeah, but like the Brady Bunch movie is so good and it's so funny, and it's just exceptionally well executed, like satire of itself like just like the culture clash and this is essentially yeah like tropical brady bunch um that's all i know about it i don't know the plot all i know is that people online that i follow 
many of them like it more than the original one. It's and the I Child's Play that. 2 and the TMNT so, 2. If it lives up to that hype, we're going to see like one of my favorite movies ever. And I'm very excited to see if that's how it goes. So I, I think that's a great a first pick, Corey. Brady's sequel. That's amazing. I'm glad to get to it. I think those are all, I think we all did really fun first picks that are emblematic of all our interests. <laughs> and and, uh, and I think that's that's what it should be, right? Now that we're away from the Genero, we're, we're the masters of our own destiny. So I think that's yeah. really fun. We're also going to be the masters of a couple other people's destiny, by which I know I've been a chatting to some people some of my picks might end up being other people's picks we'll have to see how it goes <laughs> like someone else on the podcast picks like no like like if we want to have guests on i might i've decided that i think a fun way to do that is make my pick their pick and then just like and also they're coming and just that is oh, quite yeah. a commitment yeah. like that's what that's what i'm gonna do with yeah, my mitch next knows one. all about that yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, well so. i don't know if i could tell i mean i, I suppose i could say what what my my next one no 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 you tell us next week uh yeah that's it for us uh long haul this one yeah more to talk about than that fucking shitty sorcerer movie should have made it a reality show gosh um should have put a doll in it yeah put a doll in sorcerer imagine they're trying to cross that bridge with that truck and a killer doll is chasing them i was picturing chucky as the guide on the bridge oh my gosh and then he would jump onto the truck and his little legs would dangle as he's climbing in like they do with the school bus so good oh that's a great shot actually the legs and anyway we could amazing shot but um yeah a very brady sequel next week i'm very excited um before we get there, though, Mitch, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Is your mic on? Oh, f- fuck you. <laughs> it's Chucky. <laughs> Chucky made quick work of me. <laughs> I know. I, like, I don't know who won or lost that fight. <laughs> it's Chucky. <laughs> Spoilers, that's, awesome. that, that's how Child's Play 3 ends. Wicked cliffhanger. Spoilers, Mitch will also not be here for a very Brady sequel on account of being dead. We'll see. He'll, he'll have to regale <laughs> us. Maybe he defeated Chucky there. Yeah. Um, Liam, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, you guys can find my film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, on Twitter and Letterboxd. My username is Graham the Mallow. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd as well at Mr. Corey Price. You can listen to another podcast that I do about all kinds of uh, Mortal Kombat ephemera and also uh, Night of the Cyclone, uh, that movie that I mentioned earlier <laughs> in our cast and crew connections. I think we're going to cover it someday. That's with our friend Neil. It's called MK Podquest. You can go to mkpodquest.com. Thank you all once again for listening to this episode of They Made Another One. You can find us all... <laughs> oh, I, thought, I thought you were done. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> and that's a that's, wrap that's new uh you can find us all over the internet on twitter at they made another which is all one word and on letterboxd at tmao you can find episodes on anchor spotify apple and google podcast stitcher breaker and everywhere else as they made another one you can reach us via email at tmao podcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes questions comments and what things scared you as a kid the way chucky scared most of us <laughs> Uh, and if it's Chucky, uh, we'll keep a tally. And if we hit 10, uh, I don't know, we'll do something special. We'll figure it out. Maybe 15. Let's you know bump those numbers a little bit. 
<laughs> maybe maybe a hundred actually. Maybe, we never want to have to figure out what we got. Maybe five thousand. Uh, our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jade Dickinson, who you can find on Instagram at Jade Sketches. And with all that out of the way, the Jan Brady stand is back next week, and we'll catch you here more for next time. <laughs> catch you here next time for more. They made another one. Thank <laughs> you.